Welcome to Celebrate Seniors. I'm Ken Baer, one of the pastors at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of faith dialogue. Uh, today we're in the parables, and we're in what I call parable number 23, which is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Uh, that's in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. So I'm going to go ahead and read it at the beginning like this, and we'll reference it later. But we'll get the reading done at the beginning. Uh, you'll probably recognize this parable as well. Uh, again, the parable of the unforgiving servant, beginning in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he could pay his debt. So when the fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he he could pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So let's dig into this parable for today. In this parable we see that Jesus is answering a question. That's at the very beginning. Peter is asking Jesus a question. And, and Jesus used, as you know, parables very often. In one place in the New Testament, it says that without parables, Jesus did not speak. Uh, now, this is a, a figure of speech, and it's really not literal, but it clearly indicates that Jesus often, very often, used parables as his primary means of communication. Uh, Jesus was asked why he spoke in parables, and he responded. He said, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been granted so we see a couple of interesting things one that these parables reveal the kingdom of god in every kingdom there's a there's a king right in the united states we don't have a king but in every kingdom there's a king so we'll see the king and that's very true in this parable today and secondly there are mysteries of the kingdom of god some of the mysteries will be understood by the people of God, while others will hear the parables and they'll not be able to understand. The key is to know what we all, that we always interpret Scripture with Scripture. As this parable is about forgiveness, we have a number 
of other passages in Scripture that, that teach on forgiveness. So they'll help us understand this parable. Uh, you know, I love reading and I love teaching the parables. Parables are stories that are easily remembered. Maybe that's why I like them. Uh, they have characters. Uh, they have interpersonal relationships. They have dialogue. And they're certainly rich. They're rich in symbolism and they're rich in, in significance. So let's look at these scriptures verse by verse and see what we can learn. As I, as I mentioned at the very beginning, this parable was a response to a question that the Apostle Peter asked. Peter approached Jesus and said, Lord, how many times am I able, am I, he says, Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times is my brother to sin against me? We've got to get that in there. And I am to forgive him up to seven times. You know, the timing of this parable and its, and its location in the Gospels gives us a clue that it was probably, Jesus was probably teaching this parable uh, sometime between six and nine months before Jesus is arrested, um, he's brought before Pilate, and he's crucified. You know, just at that time, Peter will end up denying Jesus three times. So Peter needs to learn about forgiveness. Uh, we all need to learn about forgiveness. And we'll see in this parable three fundamental truths of the kingdom of God. So if you've got a pen, you can write these down. Otherwise, I'll put them on the screen for you. The first, first uh, fundamental truth is God's pardon. Then we have God's plan. And finally, God's judgment. Uh, this parable is only recorded in one place, and that's here in the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. So let's take a look at the text. Peter then says, Lord, how often should my brother sin? And I have to forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus responds and he says this. He says, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So, you know, according to people that understood the teachings of the Pharisees in, in Jesus' day, uh, these people tell us that the Pharisees taught that you had to forgive someone three times, three times. So Peter may be just be generous uh, in suggesting seven times. However, some scholars have suggested that because seven is the number of perfection in the Bible, perhaps Peter was using the number seven because it was full of meaning. You know, there's, there's other a few times that this, the number seven is used with regard to, uh, to activities between, between two, two people. So, for example, in the Bible it says you need to flee from your enemies that are seeking vengeance up to seven times. Or you have to repay money that was stolen 77 times. I'm sorry, seven times. And it, you know, so it could be that the seven times is an indication of, of Peter's remembering some of these things in the scriptures. Um, and it's just a suggestion. Of course, Jesus, the big point is that Jesus ups the ante because it's not seven times as Peter suggests, but Jesus says 70 times seven. So Jesus, however, goes on and gives us this parable that shows that he actually wasn't even talking about 490 literal times, but that forgiveness needs to be part of who we are. It ought to be our automatic response as we, as we go through life. So let's continue in verse 23. Verse 23 says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts. You know, as I mentioned earlier, these parables reveal the kingdom, and every kingdom has a, has a king. Identifying the king, finding the king in a parable is identifying the, the character of God. In this parable, Jesus makes it very easy because he identifies this, 
this person, this primary character, as the king. It says, so the king began to settle accounts, and one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents, but he was not able to pay. The king then commanded that his wife and his family and everything that he had be sold in order to repay the debt. Uh, but the man fell down and said, please have, have mercy on me and I'll, I'll repay all. So let's get some context here about this debt that was owed. One of the things that's interesting is that the, the, the term or the amount that's owed is 10,000 talents. Now, now we live in a society where we, we have different terms for money, different connotations. So let me, let me put this into some kind of context. A talent, we're told, is a measure of weight. Just like things are weighed, a talent is a measure of weight. And a talent was roughly, just very roughly, the weight of an average man. Let's say 165 to 170 pounds. So if it was 165 to 170 pounds of something, it could either be silver or gold. If it was silver, that means that the man's debt was $500 million. If it was gold, which many people think it was, that means the man's debt was $30 billion. That's with a B, $30 billion, okay? He must have been in the government. I mean, how else do you get to $30 billion? You know, clearly this is an unpayable debt. An indication by Jesus of what we're talking about when he said 70 times 7. An extreme amount, an, an endless amount. And Jesus says, forgive. However, just as shocking as how much debt this man owed, up to 70, up to 30 billion dollars, is the fact that the king forgave him. The king referred to the text here as the master. He was, says, the text says he was moved with compassion. And he forgave him of the debt. So here's the first fundamental truth in the kingdom of God. And that's God's pardon. God's pardon. Now we could have used the word forgiveness, but I like the word pardon. And the idea with pardon is that pardon understands that what is, is being forgiven is something that is definitely owed, has been judged to be owed. As we said, the king represents God, and one of the roles of a king, particularly in ancient time, was to be a judge. You know, back in the time of Jesus, there were no three branches of government. Uh, back then, there was just one branch, and the king was ultimately in charge. In his role as judge, he was the one who settles accounts. That, that's what it says in verses 23 and 24, that the king was going to settle accounts. And he is also the master, just as we're the servants. In fact, if you're in a kingdom, everybody other than the king is a servant. In other parables, we have a similar clear indication with the king represented as the, uh, in the parable as God. If we jump down to the very end of this parable, for example, in verse 35, it says, So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart, uh, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So we have a very clear indication, very early in this, in this parable, that we're talking about the kingdom of God, and we have this clear connection between the king and our heavenly father. This parable is showing how the king forgave a debt that was owed. This is, a, in this first instance, an amount that is staggering, so much that it could never be repaid. And that debt, we are shown very clearly, represents our trespasses, our, our sins. You know, who does this first servant represent? this servant with the debt of 10,000 talents. Well, I believe that the servant represents the believers, people like you and me. It's the Christian believer whose sins are forgiven. 
Peter even uses the word brother at the very beginning when he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? You know, the same word brother was just used in this, this same chapter, chapter 18 of Matthew, just before that, when Jesus is giving instructions about, about transgressions, about people that have animosity towards each other in the church. He says that with brothers and sisters who refuse to listen, Jesus says to go tell it to the church. So Christian theologians agree that in this parable, Jesus is specifically talking about how God has provided forgiveness. Our first fundamental truth is that God pardons. God pardons. You know, I chose the word pardon because our understanding of pardon indicates that guilt has already been proven to be evident. Uh, the person has already been convicted of the transgression or the sin. Uh, in our modern system of justice, for example, after conviction comes the sentence, a person that would be going to jail to be sentenced. It's at that time when a, a pardon would be appropriate. And, and this is what's happening in this parable. The man, the servant that owed 10,000 talents couldn't repay the debt. I, I guess not. Billions of dollars? A, a debt that could not be repaid. And the judge's sentence was, was clear. It was the sentence that was customary at the time. Sell the person into, into slavery. Sell his family and all that he has, all of his goods. Now this imprisonment couldn't repay the entire debt, but the, it was a punishment that was deserved. But instead of punishment, the king offers the pardon. It's the heart of God to, to pardon, to forgive. You know, there are two attributes of God that we should really be familiar with, and you likely are. The first is, is grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. He gives his grace freely. Now the second attribute is very similar and it's God's mercy. You've heard of God's mercy and God's grace. They're often connected, but they're a little bit different. Mercy is God's restraint. It's the mercy of God that shows his compassion. This is exactly what is said in the parable. For the believer, this is exactly what we, we see in our relationship with God. God's mercy forgives the debt. It pardons the sinner who deserves punishment. The sinner actually deserves to be held responsible for his transgressions. But God's grace and his mercy provides a pardon. So let's go on and see what happens in this parable. This illustration as we get to the second fundamental truth in the kingdom of God. So we'll pick up the parable again, going on to the very next verse as the man has been pardoned. You know, his, his 10,000 talent debt has been canceled. You can imagine the relief that he has. But here's the thing, you know, because it was pardoned, he didn't have to go to his wife and say, you know, we had a good run, it was a lot of fun, but I finally got caught out and we're all going to be sold into slavery. He never even had to do that. In fact, in the parable, he doesn't even go anywhere else, but he shortly after he leaves, he runs into a, a fellow servant. So it, says, it says that immediately after leaving, he sees a fellow servant, meaning someone that has the same rank, the same kind of stature as he does. Uh, it's not any person that's less worthy, just another fellow servant. And that servant owed him a hundred denarii. Now, I spent a little bit of time talking about the value of 10,000 talents, that it was identified as a, as a weight. Well, a denarii is not identified with a weight. It's actually determined to be the average wage of a common laborer. 
a common laborer. So a person goes in the field and he's going to be paid for the day. He's been paid a denarii. So a denarii is really just a coin. It, it represents a working day's wage. Uh, so the man, if the man owed a hundred denarii, it's still a considerable amount, but in today's terms, it would be worth somewhere between five thousand and eight thousand dollars. Something nowhere near as the amount that the that the person was already forgiven. And here's the lesson: the difference between the man who who was forgiven and then would not forgive the other. He decided he was going to throw him into prison until he could pay the debt. The text says, and he would not but went and threw him into prison till he could pay the entire debt. You know, so Jesus is teaching a very important lesson here. God's forgiveness, his pardon, was freely given, and it's the major part of this message. But if it was the only part of this message, there was no reason for this parable to go on, right? I mean, it would have been just a great parable if a man came in with a 10,000 debt and the king forgave him. God forgives. Wonderful. We've learned a lot. But the parable goes on. And it shows that the same individual that had been forgiven a great was unwilling to forgive his servant. So this is the second fundamental truth of the kingdom of God. And that is that there's a plan. It's God's plan. We can likely see God's plan not only in this parable, but also in the Lord's Prayer. God's plan is that we would be more like Jesus. More like how God freely extends both his grace and his mercy. You know, to illustrate, remember that Jesus' disciples came to Jesus and said, please teach us to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples. So Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer, sometimes called the Our Father. And if you just permit me, I'm just going to go ahead and, and say the Lord's Prayer. It's a short prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now here it comes and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know, depending on how you learn this prayer, you might say, forgive us our debts. Some others would say, forgive us our trespasses, or some others, forgive us our sins. But you see how this fits in with the parable? God has a, a plan. That's why Jesus taught us this prayer. The plan is that we freely receive pardon, God's grace and mercy that is perfected in the, in the love of God and the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus paid the price, but the, but the plan of God is that we're to go and do likewise. He expects us to be forgiving. In forgiving, we extend the grace and the mercy of God. As we forgive those who trespass against us, as the Lord's Prayer says, as we forgive our debtors, as we forgive those who sin against us, we are fulfilling the, the plan of God. You know, in the Gospels, there's a, there's a passage where Jesus breathes on his apostles. Do you, do you remember that? It, it, it's rarely taught because many theologians and pastors are, are confused with this passage in the Gospel of John, and as a result, they just stay away from it. So I'm going to just read it for you, and we'll talk about it just briefly to give you an idea of God's plan. In, in uh, the Gospel of John, this is just before Jesus, uh, just after Jesus has been risen from the dead, uh, Jesus says this, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. 
Now, this is a simple parable, and I want to stay with the parable, and I don't plan on exegeting this, this verse out of the Gospel of John, uh, but it does give us an idea how important forgiveness is. It, it's part of the, the plan of God. We're to be like Jesus in offering God's grace and God's mercy and providing forgiveness. It's, it's part of God's plan of redemption. So let's go back to the parable and finish this up. Verse 31, it says, So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were grieved. You know, and that's the thing. If, if you're in a church and you understand these things and you understand God's plan for your life and you start acting outside of that plan in a number of different ways, other people will observe it and it will grieve them because you should know that God has a plan. It's, it's the best plan for your life. And when you go outside of that plan, people will grieve. It says they were grieved and they came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant, I, I forgave you all that you owed. And then you go and take your fellow servant by the throat and, and throw him into prison. So it says his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers that he could, until he could pay all that was due to him. And then again, verse 35, it's key. It's, it's the tie between the parable and the kingdom of God. Jesus says, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So as we look at these, this final verse of the parable, let me remind you of what I said before of the three fundamental truths that it teaches. The first one is God's pardon. We talked about God pardons the sinner. The next thing is that God has a, a plan, a plan for you and I to be like Jesus, to be able to extend the God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. But the third thing is, is God's judgment. Now, to understand every parable, we need to remember that the kingdom of God has a king. We talked about that. The king is absolute. It's the king that is good and holy and merciful. Well, now we're talking about what? Jehovah God. We're talking about the king of kings. He's also just. We saw the king clearly in this parable as Jesus even says that the king was going to settle accounts. The justice of God is really not that difficult to understand. I know some people have difficulty with it, but, but we as a society should understand justice. This is why we have our court systems. This is why we would go to court. This is why we have prisons and even things like capital punishment. When people break laws, laws that protect life and property, we expect we expect our system of justice, our courts, along with our police and prison systems, to administer justice. The Bible says that sin is lawlessness and evil and injustice. It embodies that which is contrary to God's law. God's law is holy, and these transgressions are offensive to God. Another way to look at it is that sin, our transgressions, are a crime actually against God and justice demands a penalty. God sent his son Jesus Christ to, on, to earth to, to pay that penalty. This is part of our fundamental truth. Fundamental truth number one and number two, God's pardon and God's plan. But when we refuse that offer, when we refuse that offer of God's forgiveness, when we rebel against God's plan, the result is God's judgment. If we've accepted God's forgiveness, we're forgiven. The Bible says very clearly in the book of Romans that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. However, there is still God's judgment that is taught very clearly in the Bible. We see this principle at work in the Lord's Prayer. As I said, we say, we forgive as, 
uh, we, as we're forgiven, we forgive as we've been forgiven. Remember, this parable was told to Peter as a response to his question, how many times must I forgive? We're like the man that was owed 10,000 talents. We've been forgiven much. We have no right to withhold forgiveness from anybody else. We are the debtor that's been forgiven an infinite amount. How can we hold on to small debts that others owe us? Just as we've freely been forgiven, we need freely to forgive others. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this parable, the words of Jesus in red. We thank you, Lord, that we clearly see the King. We see God's plan. And Father, help us, Lord, to be like Peter, to be willing to forgive. And as you said, up to 70 times 7, to freely forgive others. And we give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen.